Good morning. It's October 28th, and I'm Maya Wimala. We have been reading in the Buddhist uh, Pilgrim's Companion, and this is from Canon Visaka Kawasaki. It's their uh, companion for people who are on a pilgrimage to the sacred sites of the Buddha in India. So the four sacred sites are the the Buddha's birthplace and the Buddha's enlightenment and where he gave his first talk to a group of people and where he died and that's when we talk about his Padi Nibbana or his final enlightenment at his death. So traveling around that northern part of India and Nepal and the pilgrimage has many suttas that occurred at different of those different locations or in areas that you would travel and the different uh, locations that are indicated in the suttas and different important suttas. And then it has the 35-day daily readings and daily reflections. And today we're on day 35, so we are at the... Hmm, we're at the end of the Pilgrim's Companion. So day 35, and then when we finish this, I'll have, there's a dedication of merit, and I'll read that. We'll share that together, and then we'll sit together. So you can go ahead and be in your uh, comfortable posture for meditation. And then you can listen to the reading or just let the reading kind of settle on you. And when we meditate, we're not thinking, so we're not using the reading to uh, rehash during meditation. But it can be when when you're sitting with your eyes closed and your body in that attentive and awake position, you can be very relaxed. And you can, we do it with chanting often. When you listen to chanting, you can just be allowing that, that energy from that chanting just to uh, invite it inside of you. It can be calming, healing, and uh, we can do that with words too and reading suttas. So let's go, let's begin. These last two are very short. Like the end of the trip, things are speeding up. Day 35, the reading is Few Are Those Beings. And it's from the Anguttara Nikaya 1, 19.1. In Jambudipa, delightful parks, groves, and lotus ponds are few. But steep hills, impassable rivers, and rugged mountains covered with brush and weeds are many. In the same way, those who are reborn as human beings are few, but those who are reborn in other realms are many. Those who are endowed with the noble eye of wisdom are few, but those who are confused and mired in ignorance are many. Those who are able to see the Tathagata, the Tathagata is the, the enlightened one, 
So that would be the, they're referring to a Buddha. Those who are able to see the Tathagata and to hear his Dhamma are few, but those who fail to gain this chance are many. Those who understand the Dhamma and practice it are few, but those who fail to do so are many. Those who are moved by truth are few, but those who remain indifferent to it are many. Those who diligent, diligently strive are few, while those who put forth no effort are many. Those who gain the concentration leading to liberation are few, but those who fail to gain such concentration are many. Those who experience the taste of exquisite food are few, but those who subsist on scraps of stale food are many. Those who experience the taste of the goal, the taste of the Dhamma, and the taste of liberation are few, but those who never experience that taste are many. Therefore, you should train yourself thus. We will experience the taste of the goal, the taste of the Dhamma, and the taste of liberation. That is beautiful. And this is the reflection. It's called the unborn. And this is from Udana 8.3. That's one of the smaller books. Um, but it has some beautiful teachings. The Buddha said, There is bhikkhus an unborn, unbecome, unmade, and unconditioned. If there were no unborn, unbecome, unmade, and unconditioned, there would be no escape. But because there is an unborn, unbecome, unmade, and unconditioned, there is an escape from what is born, become, made, and conditioned. We talk about, in Buddhist teachings, uh, all conditioned things are, are impermanent. Their nature is to rise and then to be, be exist for a while and then to pass away. And so this, we, so those, we are a conditioned being made up of conditioned parts and imper, impermanent and conditioned. So, this is the Buddha's teaching that there is the there is the unborn and the unconditioned, and that is that is what we're seeking when we get those tastes of the Dhamma. So, for the end of our reading and before we meditate together, I'd like to read this dedication of merit, and this will be. Dedication of merit, uh, because we've read all of these teachings of the Buddha and these reflections, and we've come to the end of this beautiful book. May all Dewas share this merit. Long may they protect the Buddha Sasana for the welfare of the world. 
By this merit, never may I live with fools, but have fellowship with the wise until Nibbana is won. May this merit bring about the extinction of defilements in me. By this meritorious deed, may I attain Nibbana. May this merit be passed to my departed relatives. May my relatives be happy. By this practice, according with truth, I revere the Buddha. By this practice, according with truth, I revere the Dhamma. By this practice, according with truth, I revere the Sangha. By this practice, according with truth, may I be liberated from the bondage of birth and death. And then at the end of sending merit, in English we say, well done, well done, well done. And in Pali that's sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So now let's sit together. We finished our book. We haven't read all of the suttas in the first section of the book, but uh, they are they are relevant to a lot of these locations and a lot of the the Buddha's uh, vivid teachings. So thank you so much, Ken and Visaka, for letting me read these. I mentioned yesterday if anyone would like to suggest some other topic or things to discuss together or uh, even meditations you'd like to to work with. Just let me know. So let's practice. We have some time together. We have... Uh, oh, someone asked about the book and it might be hard to find this. That might... Uh, I don't know if it's being printed and published now, but it's called A Pilgrim's Companion, Readings from Buddhist Texts to Enhance a Pilgrimage to the Sacred Sites. And it's edited by Ken and Visaka Kawasaki. And they live in Sri Lanka, but they're both, they're Americans, and they've lived there for, I think, maybe 25, 30 years now. But they have... um, you might be able to get this book if you check with, at pariati.org, but it's actually published by um, the Buddhist Relief Buddhist Relief Organization. So their website is www.breleef.org. So B-R-E stands for Buddhist Relief Efforts. So B-R-E-L-I-E-F dot org. So um, I'm not sure if it would, it might be hard to find, but sometimes it's at, uh, I know we did have it at the Temple Gift Shop. And uh, I had another copy that I gave to a friend. So at Blue Lotus, we might still have copies. I'll, I'll try to find out. So there are a book 
uh, Buddhist pilgrimage books. I've had I've read different ones from different people, and they're all fascinating to me. I have not been to India, but uh, I love reading the uh, pilgrim pilgrimage journals or ones like this with readings and uh, discussions of maybe the travelers' experiences in a pilgrimage group or uh, just what they what they see, they describe what they see and talk about maybe there's a teacher with them that talks about suttas. So there, if you can find one, uh, it's, it might be a treasure for you like it was for me. And like all of them, all of them are. So why don't we sit together and uh, you may you may have you may have an awareness of feelings about the what we read can trigger some other uh, awareness within you and maybe you feel something that will arise in your body that's connected with what I just read um, but we can all we can watch that but we can also just be aware of everything that our senses pick up and we have sense doors and every sense that we have has its own consciousness. So we have, when our eyes are open, we have sight, smell, taste, hearing, bodily contact, and we have the mind, so we have thinking. So when we meditate, not only are we aware that thoughts are arising, but we have everything else coming into us that kind of will combine and might trigger uh, feelings or emotions or cause our basic bodily feeling to be either pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. So we're, we can watch for that in our body, just the sense of the bodily feeling in general, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. So if we're taking in or things are arising in us that cause us to have a pleasant feeling, we can be aware of that. That isn't necessarily good or bad. And if we have an unpleasant feeling, it might be because of an unpleasant sound or an uncomfortable temperature or a thought that we get caught up in and it's a, it's a, or it's a thought that brings us back to an old memory and we have a, an emotional reaction to it that we don't enjoy. So then there is also neutral. And sometimes when we have those neutral, when we don't know how we feel, um, because we haven't been paying close enough attention to our bodily feelings, if we don't know how we feel, we often think it's neutral. But it's then it's if we just don't know, we, we don't know how we feel, we can't figure it out, then that's often uh, delusion or what or, or ignorance. So if we have pleasant feelings, that's that's something that's pulling us toward uh, sensual delight. We delight in the senses. It might be beautiful music or beautiful sound of birds. So that's, and, and the physical contact and our degree of being physically uh, 
relaxed, is comfortable, and ple- it's pulling us towards pleasant. We're not too hungry, we're not uh, starving and thinking about our next meal, so that can feel comfortable. If we've eaten too much, or and it makes us feel uncomfortable and maybe drowsy, and we're fighting falling asleep, that's unpleasant. Or if we're too hungry, that's unpleasant. And so uh, we, be, we want to become more and more sensitive to how we are responding to what's coming to us through our senses. Because that's how our, this is how our body operates, how it learns. Everything comes to us through one sense or another. And uh, our mind is often how we, the thoughts that arise are often the things that we allow to control us. So what we want to work with, if we're going to meditate with uh, these uh, bodily sensations of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, or to just be aware uh, how we respond and true neutral, that would be, that would be uh, the goal, would be equanimity or balance. So we might hear a loud sound. It might startle us, but it doesn't have to make us angry or have a negative emotional response or create fear in us. So we don't need to, we, we're not trying to seek out pleasant or unpleasant. And especially if you're beginning this kind of practice, you want to just develop that your uh, close attention to what's going on in your body, what's going on as, the, as your sense doors are open. Although we, we usually close our eyes to make us have a little bit fewer distractions to get us sidetracked. So why don't we practice with that? And we're thinking uh, and noticing as we, we can calm our minds and be relaxed and get into the, to that uh, comfortable mental space, that comfortable body, so we're not distracted by pain in our body. Um, We want to be comfortable, but then let your sense doors be active. Let let sensations come in, and then just see, just sitting normally. And at at the most subtle level, level you can do it. You can get more and more subtle as you practice this. But you can see if you are, uh, if a sound or a taste, or maybe you have a taste of. Uh, tea or coffee or something, you maybe just ate a piece of chocolate, you know, you might see that something starts out feeling pleasant and after a little bit it becomes unpleasant. um, So you can see that how, so what we will experience, even in a short period of time, you can see things changing. The sounds you hear may be very pleasant to your ears, but then suddenly there may be loud noises. That's one reason I keep the, uh, my patio door open. Uh, it can sometimes do that pretty quickly, from birds to people yelling across the parking lot, or a truck or a train. 
but we want to be aware of how much we shift from pleasant to unpleasant and very often to that uh, ground of, well, I don't really know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not paying enough attention to it. And these are the, 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 the ways that our whole body is responding to the pleasant or the unpleasant. And if we have true neutral, we can rest, we can feel balanced in equanimity. We can see things that are pleasant and things that are unpleasant, and neither one has to rattle us. So why don't we work with that a little bit? You can imagine if we were on a pilgrimage in India, that would be a very important practice to have a lot of grounding in. Everything would be different, and day to day things would change, and the schedule would change, and uh, it would be, it might feel very unfamiliar. So this might be a practice that would be good training for an adventurous trip. And daily life is also an adventurous trip. So close your eyes. Just be aware of the breath. And if you're allowing your uh, shoulders to be pulled back just a little, just to help your posture, let your spine feel lifted up. Your breath just automatically can be a little deeper because you've opened up that space where the lungs are sitting. Let your body be comfortable. So if you need a pillow or a prop to help you feel that you're sitting upright, or if you need to be on the floor, on your back, and you might also be standing or walking. Let your sense doors be open. and be with your breath. The breath is our anchor. So if you feel you're getting distracted or you're going down a rabbit hole, you get sidetracked, you can just come back to your breath and stay with your breath until you feel you've let go of the distraction. How do you feel when you may have uh, 
pleasant and unpleasant feeling almost on top of each other. Can you even do that? Does one negate the other? Just make observations. Be aware of the sound you hear, the smells you smell. Maybe you distinguish between a fragrance and a smell. One is good and the other is bad. So one is pleasant and the other may be unpleasant. Be aware of your sense of taste, your tongue. Be aware of the bodily contact as the temperature of the air touches your skin. As your clothes feel touching your body. And how the parts of your body touching the earth or touching your, your floor or your cushion or your chair, how that feels. and our thoughts. We don't want to get caught up in our thoughts right now. We want them to just see if they can come and go. But if a thought arises, see if that thought has you leaning in because of pleasantness or desire for more or does it like push you push you away because of aversion so that's the pleasant and unpleasant at a, the at the very uh, most subtle level either pleasant or unpleasant And do you see something uh, changing even as you watch and it's pleasant? Can you feel some things 
even as you're uh, paying attention to them, change from pleasant to unpleasant. Maybe you have lots of what you don't, you don't know if it's pleasant or unpleasant. And if you've really practiced, you, you would know neutral. You know that, that balance. Where neutral is a, a good place to be. It's equanimity. But if you just are kind of confused or not sure or you're not catching things uh, quickly enough, the sensations just seem to shift without recognition, then that's probably the neutral that me that's the, uh, I don't know, I just don't know what it is. That's okay. But with this practice, you can develop uh, a better, a better feel. Not that everything will be pleasant, but you'll be able to see the body's reactions more quickly. And all you have to remember are the words pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And the thoughts going through our head, we're not repressing, but we're not engaging with them. See if you can be aware of them rising up and just be an observer and let them rise up and then pass away. But you can see how they affect your feeling tone.
Now, if you can continue and have more time, or just a little bit over the time that I'm with you, but if you can keep sitting, uh, this could be a practice that you can really enjoy and you really will learn a lot about yourself. Be honest. It's okay for it to be um, neutral, even if it's if you just if you just don't know. But it, you'll you'll see over time developing this practice. You'll know, and you can have some fun with it, and you can actually learn so much about yourself. It's a it's an important practice. So. Keep sitting if you can, and I'll be here tomorrow. And thank you so much for being part of my practice.